Pastor Tony, Pastor Rabs, very highly. And it's not in a human kind of honour, but it's in love. And it's in the love of Christ where we honour our leaders. And I've seen it so many times where we can actually receive when we honour our leaders. And I've seen people miss out because they've lacked that honour or they've gotten offended or whatever it might be. But your destiny as a believer is actually tied up in your leader. Just as Timothy's was tied up in Paul, yours is as well. So we thank God for our leaders. And um, on that note, I think we can give Pastor Tony a hand as he comes to share the word tonight. on welcome is that me or is it just is that the mic is that me yeah can you hear me yeah. uh, you couldn't be you weren't quiet five minutes ago now everyone's deaf you know how you all doing <laughs> praise god uh, security get him out <laughs> welcome if you're new here i met a couple of people who just wandered in got lost and they came in so praise god you, you can't get out lock the doors quick everyone but if you're new here or you're visiting, welcome. You're, you're amongst family. And um, I've been doing a series that was never meant to be a series on the Our Father. It was meant to be just teach on the Our Father and then it's, it's, it's our third week. So if you haven't been here, um, just for curiosity, who's been here the last two Sundays? Now see how I tricked you to see who's coming to church? See? You thought, oh, no, nah, I'm joking. Who was here on uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday? The same people. All right. Everyone else bring a note and they tell me why you're not coming. <laughs> the reason why I asked is because if uh, I'm going to be finishing off the Our Father today, so I, r- I really recommend um, what was up there earlier. You could jump on and listen to all the sermons, guys, on YouTube and on that Mark of the Beast QR code. You can click onto that and then get your DNA changed, but you'll, but you'll be blessed at the same time. I'm joking, all right? And, now, there's a way of watching everything on, is it Spotify now and uh, my face, uh, my, my place, uh, your house, my house. Anyway, you young blokes know, but uh, uh, YouTube or Facebook or, or just click onto that demon-possessed looking thing and, uh, and we have all this here and you can see there and you'll be blessed, all right? But if, uh, if you haven't, I'd really recommend you to go back to last two Sundays uh, I started a series on the Our Father. As I said, I never meant to go this long, but the Holy Spirit started to pull things out for me. And um, so I love sharing it because if you hear it, I hear it. In other words, whatever I get, you get. It's not something I preconceived. It's probably what the Holy Spirit puts on my heart to share. And, I, and I've been, in all reports, it's been a blessing to, to learn the different um, revelations that the Our Father has. You know, if you come from a traditional Catholic, Orthodox, Coptic, Anglican, uh, Episcopalian, Baptist, uh, Pentecostal, um, Latter-day Saints. Uh, have I missed anyone before everyone gets offended? No. Um, or you'll know the Our Father. If there's one thing we all agree on is the Our Father. Amen? Amen? And I shared the story and <laughs> he's trying to hide now. Remember I shared a story about a young man who got saved and got baptized and his mum had a go at me? Well, he's sitting in the back corner on the left, but don't look now. He just happened to walk in and uh, 
So he's lost, but now he's found. I'm joking, all right? I won't mention his name, Rob. And, uh... <laughs> and that's what triggered it. And, and over the years, I've been challenged a lot. You guys don't do this, and you guys don't do that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, we say the Our Father, and people say it religiously every Sunday. People say it every day. And then I would challenge them and say, what does it mean? Can you please tell me what the Our Father means? And they get stumped on the first sentence. Our Father who wanted and hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? I don't know what it means. You know, it's, it's an old English term. So we broke that down, what it means, hallowed be your name, how revered and honoured his name is, how holy your name is. And a few, about a month now, we spoke about the names of God. Every name is a, is a characteristic of God. God doesn't, doesn't have one name. God has many names because he, every part of his name or a name reveals who he is. We said Yahweh, Adonai, El Shaddai, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh. And there's, there's many names to God. And he reveals himself through his name. And Jesus, the name of Jesus, Yeshua, means Saviour. But Yeshua, or Yeshua, which is we get Joshua from, means that they derive from each other. Isn't it interesting, just so you know, Moses gets the people out of Egypt, and they travel for 40 years. Now many argue how long the trip should have been. Some believe it should be six days. Some believe it would have been two years. But it was 40. It wasn't meant to be 40 years. And then when we, we know the whole story we've taught on Moses, but when Moses died, um, he appointed Joshua to lead him into the promised land. And Joshua got him in there in three days. So Moses dies, Joshua takes over, crosses the Jordan, and they're in the promised land in three days. What's that symbolic of? Joshua, meaning saviour, took us into the promised land in three days. Jesus, what did he say? He'll be dead and buried and rise again on the... Three days, he got us into the spiritual promised land. Amen. See, our promised land isn't a place. It's a position. It's a position in God. Amen. Stop looking for a place or a man or a person. Start looking for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. So go back, have a listen to it, and it'll, it'll bless you. And give me some feedback. Only positive. So today... Can we put up the Our Father, please? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And go to verse something. Keep going. Our Father, who art hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, we spoke about that last week. Um, next verse. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We spoke about how some translations say debts. Some people say sin. Some people say trespasses. They all mean the same thing. But at different eras of God's of God's kingdom um, that would change the word you know trespass means to break and enter to, to go into a place you shouldn't have went to touch something you shouldn't have touched that's what happened in the garden some people say sin which it is you know anything, any, every time we break God's law we sin against God and then debtors is really their old school thinking is because the Jews understood that the wages of sin is kick that kid out please right now before I kick the parents out <laughs> Now bring him up here. Elijah! Allah Mike. All right. Stay, stay, please stay. Please. Anyway, to those 
I'll give, those who don't understand that, come and see me after the service. All right. Next verse, before I get in trouble from my wife. Yalla. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we're going to touch on that now. Hopefully we can finish it. Lead us not into temptation. Many years ago when I got, came to faith in the Lord, I thought I was a Christian. I'm talking about me now. Anyone I get upset? And I said to someone, I was going to hell with my shoes. He goes, no, you weren't. I said, I was going to hell. He went that bad. He's going to hell. He goes, I go, what are you so upset? I'm talking about me. He goes, yeah, but if you were going there, we're all going there. I said, that's your problem, not mine. But I didn't know I was lost till I was found. See, sometimes we don't know what darkness we're into. Someone shines the light. See, sometimes we're, we're good. We don't murder. We don't kill. We don't steal. I'm a good bloke. I do all these things. Great. That's your resume. But when you compare your resume with God's resume, I think you fall short. True? And I didn't know I was lost. But deep down, we all know we're lost. We're all looking for a peace. We're all looking for a place in God. What does it mean to be alive? What does it, what's my purpose in life? You know, we say it in different ways, you know. I'm the, if you met me in a young man, you know, I was, you know, often say this, I had a body like a Greek god. Yeah, now I just look like a Greek. Sorry to all the Greeks. But, but uh, back in those days, I was buffed up and then that's when Janet married me, you know. And, uh, but I did, if you saw me, I didn't have a care in the world, but no one understood this insecure little boy that was hiding behind loudness and jokes and playing footy and fighting and all that sort of stuff that I used to love to do. You wouldn't have saw that little insecure little boy. But the ones that did see it exposed me. Now, they weren't trying to expose me on purpose. They were trying to define or trying to magnify who I really was. Sometimes they did it on purpose. Sometimes they didn't, they didn't know what they were doing. But we know when we get found out because we come into cover-up mode. You see, when Adam sinned in the garden, what did he do? Did he run to his loving father that he had fellowship with in the cool of the day every night and run to him and say, oh, I'm so sorry, this is what I've done? Or did he go and try and cover up? He tried to cover up. Just like Dorian said, so, too many of us are trying to clean ourselves up before God. And unfortunately, you can never clean yourself up. Only he's the one that can clean you up. Too many people want to have a shower before they have a bath. I need to have a shower to get clean to have a bath. But we can't clean ourselves up. Someone said, yeah, well, if you do that, you've got some issues there. I'm not talking about anyway. But here, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I struggled with that for many years. I said, does God lead us into temptation? As I said, many years ago, I got touched by the Lord. I met this guy. He just got off drugs and alcohol. He was really bad in that lifestyle. And when he came to Christ, he had this new, he had this beautiful encounter with Jesus, man. You'd never seen a guy just go from darkness to light just like that. You see this guy change overnight and then he just wanted, he's hungering and thirsting for the Lord. And he decided to, you know what, my job in life is to go get every drug addict and every alcoholic out of the pub. And I'm going to close every pub down. I said, brother, brother, that's awesome. But let God do a work in you first. No, no. And he went back there and he fell and back into everything. And what had happened was, just because you come out of a certain lifestyle doesn't mean God's going to send you back in there. He says, no, no, God's made me conquer and it's a test for me to go back in there and be a testimony. But God doesn't send him. God will never lead you into temptation again. 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? There may be a time in your life when, you're, you, when God's done a major work in you, in your heart, that you'll be able to go and reach out to those people. But God doesn't send you back in there. God will never send you a little child into the fire and say it's for him. And sometimes we get confused that lead us not into to temptation. He says, but deliver us from the evil one. Now I want to take you to James. I want to show you what I mean. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Next verse. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Remember someone um, years ago, my grandmother and that way, a house and... A rumor came out about someone, as if we don't gossip, but a rumor came out about someone. And, so, and someone started making fun of that person about what they got caught in. And then the first thing they say, hey, don't joke about it. We don't want God to tempt us with that. And I said, as a little kid, I said, well, if it's evil and it's not of God, then why would God tempt you with the very thing that he hates? And you know, with that old mentality, don't talk about it, don't say it because it might come your way and then you're going to be tempted by it. That's not God. Here, James says, No one can say that God tempts anyone with evil, nor he can't be tempted with evil, nor will he tempt you with evil. But when we get, but temptation is knocking on our door every day. And the reason why I asked who was here Wednesday, because Rab's second part of his message on Wednesday was basically all my scripture. So, so if, you, if you haven't, go back and listen to that one. But the Bible talks about temptation a lot. Jesus, when he was baptised in the water by John, the Bible says he was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. See, there's two types of temptations. There's so many, but one of them is the enemy trying to entice you with something and what's in your flesh that loves to be enticed with something. What I mean by that is someone says to me, oh, I got manipulated by these people. And, and it's their fault. And then every relationship I, I get involved in, I get manipulated. And I, I, every business deal, I get manipulated. And then the question is, what's in you that can be manipulated? So we want to look at what's out there trying to get us to be seduced. But what was in you that was enticed by that manipulation? See, no one looks at that. We want to look at it's your fault. You came, you robbed, and you left. You came, you abused, and you left. But where, why did you put yourself into that position? See, he can only tempt you, and there's a scripture where it says, you get tempted by your own, um, here we go. Is it the next verse? Keep going. Yeah, that's it. I'm jumping the gun. I should read my notes first. Hey? But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Next verse. Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to. So temptation in itself is not sin. The tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden was not sin. They were, the enemy tempted them with the tree and they looked at the tree, but it was not sin. But when you get enticed by it, guess what happens? It gives birth to sin. And sin then, when it is fully grown, brings forth life. Brings forth what does the word of God say when you hear the word and it falls on soil? And what about the principles of the word coming? And you hear the word and it goes into your heart. 
and then it grows and 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 then it, it, it matures and you, know, you get this all the time i came to the lord wow what an encounter and then three months later you know, i'm struggling again <laughs> where is god in my life i go he's there you just let the seed grow I heard Tony Frangie say something last night. It was so funny. He said that a lady was called the priest to pray for her badunas, you know, her parsley for her tabuli. She goes, I've been, I've been sowing seeds and praying. I'm sowing seeds and praying. He goes, it doesn't need prayer. It needs water. <laughs> and sometimes we are like that. And we come to God. When we say the Our Father, we go, you know what? Let's just say the Our Father. And we say the prayer. We don't know what we're saying. But the prayer says, give us this day our daily bread, which means what was bread to us last week? The Word of God. It was feeding on the Word of God. It was, the Bible says the Word of God is like a seed. Same here. He says, if sin is conceived, how does a baby conceive? No, sorry. But uh, if someone is pregnant, they conceived, all right? Same principle. It gives birth to something. Then it conceives, then it produces a f- fruit. See, some of you, us are reaping some of that rubbish that we sowed in our lives. Don't expect, listen, mums and dads, don't expect to not sow any seeds and water there and, and, and cultivate your kids in the Lord. And when they come 15, 16, I don't know what I've done wrong. Why aren't they listening to me? Because maybe you had to spend some time here. Or maybe you had to water the seed. Oh, can you take my kids to church? Okay, why don't you come? See, I'm happy to take your kid to church. I'm happy to take, go meet your brother or sister or whatever. I've done it all my life. But at what point are you going to stand up? Because you have the authority on your home, not me. God gave you divine authority. Men, when you get married or you're married or, you know, you are the king and the priest and the prophet of your home. You are the gatekeeper. Remember this man of God said to me once, it's not what Adam did in the garden that caused sin. It wasn't. Was what wasn't what Eve did. Now we know it was. It's her fault, and it's always her fault, and and uh, we know that, you know. But just for the sake of 2023, and I want to drive home without getting stabbed. It wasn't just Eve. Eve was deceived, but the Bible lays the sin to Adam. It's not what he did, did because he did eat. It's what he didn't do. He didn't stand in the gap and say, "You out, don't talk to my wife out," and stand in the gap and close the door. Because he was warned. He says, watch the garden. Or do you have to watch it if there's no one there? Tend to it. Keep it. Subdue it. Watch out. It's what he didn't do. And God is like that with his children. In Deuteronomy, it says, this life has blessings and curses. Life and death. And God says, choose life. Pretty simple. He doesn't lead us into temptation in the way we think. Do we go through temptations? Live long enough. Do you go through trials and tribulations? Live long enough. If you haven't, you will be. Did Jesus say, in this world, you won't have troubles? What did he say? You will have troubles. But he says, but be of good cheer. Take heed. Listen to what I'm saying. Guard your hearts, because in this world, you will have troubles. But I have overcome the world. He's the overcomer. He's the conqueror. He's our defender. And we stand in the victory of him. Amen? Because God doesn't lead us into temptation, but delivers us from evil. So the word here, deliver us from evil. We have to understand first and foremost, for many years the devil tricked the world by saying he doesn't exist. You know what we'll say? He doesn't exist. 
Most people you speak to, I'm not sure where you're at, don't really understand the dark side. They understand it through Marvel movies and they understand it through YouTube and, and Beyonce, but they don't really understand the dark side according to Scripture. Because there's a kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You know, a kingdom, I hope I saved it. Who knows what a kingdom is? How do you define a kingdom? A kingdom in the natural sense is a mass of lands run by a monarch. We just got our coronation with Prince Charles. Everybody was wrapped about that. But he has no more authority. But in the sense he's the monarch, he's the king of Great Britain. He's not just the king of England, he's the king of Great Britain, which all those other countries in Great Britain don't recognise him. <laughs> but in the old sense, that was the kingdom. But another word for kingdom can be, uh, 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 what does it say here? For example, a bio biologically, a kingdom is a grouping of like organisms. For example, a dog is a member of the animal kingdom. We are a part of the human kingdom. Does that make sense? And we have a ruler. But when Adam sinned in the garden, not only did he just cause sin to reign in his members and then from every man after that is born with a sin nature, he lost dominion over the garden, which is the world. So Satan took dominion. God never lost control. God hasn't lost control. God doesn't know what to do. Oh my, what have I done? Created this Adam and this Eve, and oh my God, what have I done? He's never lost control. But dominion at that time was run by who? Lucifer, Satan. But because he had done that, the Bible says that Lucifer, or the serpent, was reduced to the belly of the earth. Who remembers that? You're all staring at me like you're looking at a fence with. And you he says to the serpent, because of whatever you've done, you you're a deceiver. The word serpent just means deceiver. On the belly of the earth you shall go, and, on the, and of the dust of the earth you shall eat. In other words, people argued that the snake had legs and God cursed the snake and now it slivers on its stomach. But look at the spiritual meaning of it. Satan had power. He was one of the high cherubim angels. We've, we've spoken about this. And he lost that role. Then he tricked Adam in the garden and God cursed him to the earth realm, to the dust realm, to the man was made from the dust of the earth. And you'll eat from the dust of the earth. What was he saying now? I'm reducing your power just to the earth realm. Now the only way you can deceive now is through man. He lost a lot of power, the devil. And then we know, if we want to go a bit further, Satan tempted Jesus in the desert. What did he tempt him with? The first thing he tempted him with is turn these stones into bread. Then he says, now jump up of the temple, because the Bible says, so the Satan knows the Bible, guys. Doesn't know the mysteries of it, but he, hey, he will use it. He says, jump off, and your word says, the Bible says, angels will catch you before you hit the ground. So he's trying to get him to commit suicide. He says, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then he says, look at the kingdoms of God. Now this is where it gets interesting. He says, look at the kingdoms. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you these kingdoms. You know, Jesus didn't tell him, they're not your kingdoms. You don't own nothing. No, he did own them. He didn't own them in the sense of they were his. He stole them, the kingdom, 
the dominion over him, the ruling over him, because Adam lost. And he says, I'll give you all these kingdoms if you worship me. What did Jesus say? Hey? Are you serious? I thought, are you serious? He says, worship God and only him you shall serve. I'm not going to bow down and worship you. See, if, could have Jesus turned the stones into bread? Of course he could have. Could he have jumped off and God would have saved him? Of course he could have. But what? If he had, uh, if he had obeyed anything the devil had asked him, then Satan would have won. Not because he could have done it, because he made him do it. Or he got his worship because I can rule over you. But he didn't do it, he says. And what did he use? He used three scriptures from the Old Testament. Man shall not live on bread alone. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. And only God I shall worship and only him shall I serve. So the kingdom of this world is run by who? Satan. The prince of this world. They call him the prince of this world or king. In other words, the way the kingdom operates in this world is run by one master. But the kingdom of darkness is run by him. But who's got, who runs the kingdom of light? Jesus. And when Jesus came as Adam, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave back. So Lucifer was sent out of heaven, cursed. Then he was cursed again, judged in the garden. And then on the cross, what does the Bible say? He made a public spectacle of him on the cross and stripped him of any more power. So he had no more authority over the believer and of the world. Even though he was still running rampant, guess what? All authority has been given unto me, Jesus says, and I give it unto you. Go into all the world and preach the good news, the gospel. We love to know what devil's doing, but do we know what Jesus is doing? And the funny thing is, he judged him. Now, there's another judgment coming to Lucifer. When Jesus' second coming, the Bible says he'll put Lucifer in the pit for a thousand years. Jesus will reign and rule, rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. Then he'll be let out for a short time, and then he'll deceive the nations again. And then he'll be thrown in the lake of fire with the false prophet, and hell itself will be thrown in the lake of fire. Just thought it as a side note for those who are wondering. So the only power Lucifer has, the evil one, is what you give him. Because if he's just to the earth realm, which is the realm we live in, and the dust realm, which is man, man was made from dust, what is he? What's he known as? The deceiver. And he deceives people day and night. How? If I can get into your thoughts, and I can deceive you, I can get you to believe and take your eyes off Jesus, guess what? I've got you. So what's it say here? If the lusts of this world come to you, the temptations come to you, and then you get taken away and enticed, it gives birth to sin. And what's the Bible say? The wages of sin is? Death. So what hope have we got? Because we've all sown seeds that we shouldn't sow. If maybe not you, but definitely me. But I thank God for the blood of Jesus, amen. I thank God for the finished work of the cross, amen. I thank God that Jesus would step into Adam's shoes, step into Tony's shoes and take the punishment that I deserved and kill it. And then when he rose again, I can be born of his spirit now. And every seed that I sowed is chopped off now. I don't have to pay the price anymore. Now, is there a little residue? Things happen in your life? Absolutely. But I've got to learn now how to fight the good fight of faith. I don't have to go past. Just because my ancestors did this. Just because my father did this. Just because my mother did this. Just because my grandfather did this. I don't no longer live in that kingdom. Because that kingdom and now I've gone from darkness to light. I'm no longer in that anymore. That's why the Bible says... Die daily. Kill the flesh daily. The, the flesh that you operate in will never be redeemed on this earth. 
You will be enticed by sin to the day you drop dead. I don't say we drop dead. I say we go to heaven. To our Father. Amen? That's a good place to say amen. Look what Jesus says. John chapter 17. And verse 14. Jesus is praying now for... See, the Our Father was teach us how to pray. But now Jesus is actually praying for the disciples. And verse 14 says, he's talking to the Father now. He says, I have given them your word. And the world hates them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Stop. Stop trying to wonder why people don't like you. Now, if you're one of those people that are just a pain in the butt, well, you know why people don't like you. And if you're a blessing when you leave someone instead of when you come over, then you've got some issues. Some people are actually a blessing when they leave. But if you're just a believer in Christ and doing your best and you're faithfully serving him and you wonder why the world hates you, get ready because the world hated him first because you're not of this world. If you call yourself a believer and washed by the blood, you're no longer of this world. Oh, but I've got to work every day, yeah. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. I thank God I'm not of this world. I rejoice every day I'm not of this world. I'm just the old Tony's dead and buried and I don't want to know him. Now, sometimes he wants to resurrect himself, especially State of Origin nights. But other than that, no, no, because I want to kill Queenslanders and referees. All the, and all Bulldog players that play for Queensland. But that old Tony has to die, but it wants to rift its ugly head again. That ugly thing, the devil can't get you your spirit. Your spirit is of God. Your spirit is, is redeemed by the blood. Your spirit is where the Holy Spirit lives there. But he can try and stab your soul, try and inflict pain on the flesh. And I say, give us this day our daily bread. Are you eating his word every day? Are you fellowshipping with him every day? See, that's a question you've got to ask yourself. Here it says, I've given, you, given them your word. I love that it's capital, not just a word. I'm not just going to give you a word of encouragement. Hey, brother, you're good, you know, you're awesome, you're this, you're that. No, no, I'll give you his word because his word's going to change your life, not me. I can encourage you till the cows come home, but if his word's not residing in you, you'll never be healed, you'll never be delivered, you'll never be set free. You'll know it from a distance, but you'll know him. If you know him, see, I was sharing this with the boys on, on Sunday. I remember one guy saying to me once, um, he was uh, working with me. He said, I get ripped off. And you know, most of the people that rip me off are believers. And they're supposed to know the truth. I said, well, brother, you know, it's one thing to know about the truth. That's the one thing to know the truth. And as I was working, I, I went to do something. And I, we sort of we had this little discussion as we were working. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell in my, in my spirit and dropped. And, and Mary did not know Joseph. What's that got to do with the price of fish? Like, it's got nothing to do with that. But it bugged me all day and I'm working away. I get home and I, when it's on my case, I know the Lord's trying to get to something. Even when the scripture it says, many will come to me and say, Lord, I did this in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. He says, depart from me, for I do not know you. Or I never knew you. But that's harsh, Lord. But that... Couldn't understand when I was talking to that gentleman at work, the Holy Spirit put that in my spirit. So I went and looked it up. But why was 
that little scripture about Mary and Joseph in there, it's nothing to do with that. When I looked up, the Bible says the word known. Mary did not know Joseph, meaning an intimate relationship with Joseph until the firstborn. So that word to be known is an intimate relationship, like a husband and a wife. And then he says, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, he says, if you don't know me intimately like a husband and wife, because we are the bride and he's the church, if you don't know me like that, depart from me. I went, well. And to know him, the Bible says, if you know the truth, you'll be set free. Who wants to be free? Only three people, good. <laughs> I'll have a job till Jesus returns. I don't even know where I'm up to. Next! First 15, please. Now, this is Jesus. All right, relax. Everyone, everyone happy? Everyone good? No one leave yet? I do not pray that you, capital again, should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Next verse. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is... Okay, let me ask you a question. If someone comes up to you, I don't care who you are on the internet. I don't care if it's your great-great-great-grandmother came back from the dead. I don't care if, it's, if it doesn't line up with the word of God. It's not truth. And in the last days, they will pervert the truth. In the last days, which we're in now, they'll teach you doctrines of demons. Because if it's not truth, it won't set you free. The word is truth. No denomination, no church, no preacher, not me can change the word. Paul says, if an angel from heaven, not from hell, he said, if an angel from heaven comes down and preaches a different gospel than we preach, let him be cursed. If you preach a different gospel than what Paul preached, than what Peter preached, than what Jesus preached, you be cursed. The word sets you free. My question to you is, are we going to keep saying the Our Father for the sake of saying it? Or are we going to do the Our Father? Because he has prayed like this. And I was live your life like this. How? Like what? Our Father. First time ever the Jews, they, 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 they blasphemy. God is not our Father. Who are you trying to say? They never looked at God as a Father. He was a sovereign, almighty God. They were too scared to write his name because they thought they'd get stricken dead. But Jesus says, Our Father. What did he do? He started a family. See, Christianity is not a religion, it's a family. We've turned it into a religion, but it's a family. Jesus says, I'm the son. Colossians, I want to, Colossians 1.13. Are you keeping up? Yep. Now, he has delivered us from the power of and conveyed or translated or moved us or whatever you want to call it, us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Whose kingdom is it? The father sent the son to do what? Redeem us. See, sometimes we get this salvation message as we're dirty, rotten sinners and we need a savior. True. And he comes and saves us, dies on a cross for us. The, the punishment I deserved, he paid for. We love the grace message, Amen. 
the blood. But now he's come to set up the kingdom. We look at it a kingdom from a monarch. We also look at it as a family. Because every kingdom, what do they try and achieve? They pass it down to the queen died. Who did she give it to? Not Harry. <laughs> anyway, uh, who did she give it to? Talk about who wears the pants in that relationship. Uh, anyway, the kingdom of God is in the son. Through the son. The son that he loves. Next verse. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. How do we get into the kingdom? Through the blood. If you don't know the blood, and I don't care if you feed the poor and give up and wear sackcloth and fast every day and walk around barefoot and whip yourself. I don't care if you go to every church meeting. If you don't have the blood, you're not getting in and your sins aren't forgiven. It's only through the blood. It's only through the precious blood of Jesus. Salvation is a free gift from God, but it was not cheap. Who's seen the passion of the Christ? Not even half what he went through. We've taught on that here. But isn't that interesting? Go back to verse 13, please. He has delivered us from evil one. Or you could say, we delivered us from the evil one's kingdom. You have to believe you're delivered. You have to believe you're delivered. Because in your sonship, in your, as a daughter and a son, sonship doesn't mean male, it means position. He delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us, convoy, uh, convoy in a convoy together, we all came together into the new kingdom, the son of his love. But what was interesting today, I, that was the scripture that I wanted to share. Holy Spirit took me back one more scripture and it really blessed me. So can we go to verse 12? So we're going backwards now. We're reading in backwards from Arabic background. So we go from right to left, you know, up from there. It says, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, what got me was the word here, inheritance. Who gets an inheritance? Family. True? Now, you can, if I cark it, and I can leave my inheritance to my children. I can leave it to someone else, but nine times out of ten, and an inheritance, or let me say it this way, you are, uh, you as a son, have an inheritance. Remember the prodigal son? His father wasn't even dead, and he asked for his inheritance. So he knew he had an inheritance. What a way. Go up to your father and say, give me your inheritance. Imagine if I went to my dad, you know, you're not dead yet, but if, if you were dead, I would have had my inheritance. Give it to me. Or a sl- <laughs> That's rude. True. In my culture, you have to wait 40 days before you sell the assets. But anyway, we won't get this. <laughs> but at least you waited 40 days. But it's rude. You can't do anything, you know, because the body's still warm and you want to sell the assets. Anyway. But in that Jewish culture, same as the Middle Eastern culture, he walks up, doesn't say, Dad, lend me money. He says, give me my share of the inheritance. You know, I would say, if you were dead, that's as much as you mean to me. Just give me what is mine. And the father gave it to him. Here it says that we partake in the Father's partake in the inheritance of the saints. The word saints here doesn't mean someone who's dead in a cave for 20,000 years. The word saints here in the scripture means ones that are sanctified and washed by the blood of Jesus. So that means if you want an inheritance for the ones that have gone before you and the ones that are here, guess what? You get it through inheritance. How do I get an inheritance? If I belong to the family. How do I belong to the family? If I'm washed in the blood in Jesus and I become a son and daughter. 
That's why Jesus could say, our Father. This is before the cross, people. The disciples were oblivious of what he was talking about. And then when he went to the cross, they were still oblivious of what he was talking about. And he rose from the dead. He says, better that I go. And they're still oblivious. And it wasn't until Peter was scared of the Jews, locked away behind closed doors, and then the Holy Spirit fell upon him, the first fruits of the church. The Holy Ghost came upon him and filled him and gave him power. And he got up and preached the sermon and 3,000 religious Jews came to Christ that day. 3,000, not one, 3,000 religious Jews in the middle of Jerusalem. What happened? He was delivered from darkness into the light. Did Peter have issues? Yeah. Even after that, he had some issues. Remember when Jesus showed him the sheep? Eat. I don't eat nothing unclean. These lips haven't ever touched anything unclean. Three times he shows it to him in a trance. Then he goes and preaches in Cornelius' house, who wasn't a Jew. And the Holy Spirit fell on them and the whole family got saved. And you think he would have woken up by then. Later on, Paul has to rebuke him. Paul has to rebuke Peter and says, you're a hypocrite, Peter. In Galatians. And Barnabas. So Peter had some issues. Do we got some issues? Is God purging out our issues? We're all on that same road. We're all Peters. We all have got some issues. Love the Lord dearly. Want to do whatever he wants. And sometimes we do it in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of the flesh. And we need to do it in the spirit. Amen? Only a son, son and daughter, can get an inheritance. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you don't know the Father, today is your day. You can tell me all the scriptures you want. I can see them every day. I see people every day. They know it back to front, inside out. But their life does not portray what they know. That means they don't know him. And he says, I do not know you. This is our great Lord. This is our beautiful Lord. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. This is and he says, if you make these little ones sin, I'll tie a millstone. You know what a millstone is? It's a big sandstone rock. Tie it around your neck and throw you in the lake and drown. That's how much I consider you trying to make these little ones sin or stumble. I have right in here, Jesus delivered us on the cross. The blood of Jesus still cries out now louder than anything else. The blood of Jesus cries out. Someone said to me recently, how can someone 2,000, I, look, I want to believe, but 2,000 years ago someone died, well, what's that going to do with me? How could what Jesus did 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem affect me today? And I said to him, brother, you, you sinner? <laughs> you sinner? <laughs> I didn't actually say it like that. He goes, yeah. I don't, I've met many people that don't say that they're sinners. Religious or non-religious. I say, yeah, we're all humankind. We all sin. We all make mistakes. Where did you get that from? What do you mean? I go, well, when you were born, you were a cute little baby and you're a cute little pure angel from heaven. And... But you're a sinner. You haven't done anything yet. But your nature is of sin. He goes, yeah, that's true. We were born after our own kind, yeah. So you were born like that and you inherited something. Mankind. You inherited a disease called mankind. Sin. Every man born after their grandfather, grandmother, granddaughter, history... So your great-great-great-great-grandfather caused the biggest problem in the garden. He goes, yeah. So sin reigns through every member. He goes, yeah. 
You get it? He goes, yeah. In other words, no matter how cute that little baby is, he's going to grow up and he's going to break God's law. In other words, he didn't mean to, but that's his nature. So if what Adam did 7,000 years ago, if you want to argue, millions of years ago, whatever you want to argue, sinned, and then sin conceived, and then every person born after that, born with sin, born with a sin nature, that's who you are. And then the only one that was born on earth without sin was Jesus Christ. And he was born of a virgin. So he could break the curse of sin. So if you don't think the blood 2,000 years ago can wash you, but you still believe that what Adam did 7,000 years ago can still affect you. So when Jesus came, guess what he did? He took on sin who knew no sin. And he was crucified that we could become the righteousness of God. The sin nature, the, sin, the sinful disease died that day at the cross. And I got translated from darkness into the light. Come on, somebody. Do you get that? We still believe, oh, it's just human nature. Okay, what you're actually saying is, Adam. So 7,000 years ago, we can inherit the rubbish. But when Christ died 2,000 years ago, we don't want to believe it. And the Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Come on. So my question to you is, what are you waiting for? Can we go back to the Our Father to the last verse? But he delivered us from the evil one for yours. It's his kingdom, not yours, not mine. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. It's his kingdom. We get to partake in his kingdom. See, when I leave this earth, I can do no more for God. While I'm here, I can do whatever he asks me to do. So I'm not trying to do things for God anymore. I, get, I do what he tells me to do. I say what he tells me to say. Because I'm not interested in you patting me on the back. Because <laughs> the same ones that pat me on the back is the same one that stab you in the back. I love you. I'm not out to hurt you. Who knows me? I love people. I love my old pastor. He says, I've been, I've been backstabbed by the best and I've been loved by the worst. Isn't it interesting? He took us out of the darkness into the light. I remember the first time I was a young believer in the Lord. I was excited. I was excited. And this guy manifested once, uh, demonic, and I read about it, but I never saw it until I first saw it. And he went, come on, man, come on, man, let's get, what am I going to find? I swear, you know. And they go, grab him. They grab the guy, and he's looking at me like that. And he's got his, oh, it's a Sunday, you know, they say that. Anyway, his eyes rolled in the back of his head, sorry to little kids. It's my first encounter. And he went, I'm out. I'm finished. I'm gone. I'm good. So I walk up to him, and I'm going, first of all, jump straight away. <laughs> and then, uh, Walked up to him, Jesus love you. He goes, right in my face. Whoa! I wanted to go like suplex. And I, was, and I walked up and I grabbed him. And my mentor was my, one of my pastors there. He's an old lady. She goes, Tony. What? Honestly, she goes, honestly, I'm, all right, I'll tell you my dirty laundry. Just, but I had my first encounter with the dark realm. And I thought I could fight it in the natural realm. <laughs> I'm not scared of you. <laughs> I was petrified. But sorry. 
She goes, Tony, you're not fighting flesh and blood. And just something went, Phew. and I looked him straight in the face, prayed. Within two seconds, hit the deck, screamed the louder scream, and the demon left him. And I've seen it ever since. Everything the Bible says, I've seen. Why? Because now we operate in a different kingdom. It's not Hollywood, guys, please. It's not Hollywood. People think, I want to see deliverance. <laughs> Go watch the Exodus then, but don't come next to me, you know? But God delivers people from the kingdom of darkness. Sometimes they go, sometimes they scream, whatever, but they're going to have to go in the name of Jesus. The Bible says all authorities go into my name, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. In my name, baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel we love. This is the gospel we preach. When that, uh, that first encounter changed my whole outlook on how to serve God. And guess what? It's not about... See, I casted out that demon. You know what it is? That person was bound. It breaks my heart. If there's something you want to hate, hate the devil. Don't put up with his garbage. Don't you live in his garbage. Because he's a filthy animal that wants to destroy you. But Jesus says, I come to give you life, and life more abundant. We need to grow up as, as Christians and say, you know, this is not, no longer a game. Look at the garbage they're preaching to our kids now. I've got people who are not even in the Lord saying, we're going to do something, Tony. Go, let's pray. Gotcha. Because the way you're going, you're not going to change nothing. It's a spiritual fight. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's against what? Principalities. principalities. You know what a principality is in a nutshell? I can tell you all the gory stuff, but I'll give it to you. It's a principle. Who's the head of a, who, who's the head of a school? The principle. What is when you learn something? It's a principle that you learn. True? You learn certain principles. What is the devil doing? He's changing the principle. The leaders of the country, leaders of churches, leaders of schools, leaders of daycare, whatever organization you want, are pushing a principle so you can believe the lie. That's the hierarchy and demon. To change what you think and what you believe. That's the principle. Principle, there's principalities now. Powers, rulers of darkness, people that go infiltrate and try and deceive. We're never, we've never lived in a time like now. This is nothing new, I can tell you in the Old Testament, but this is something that's been spreading like fire. And guess what? In the last days, many will be deceived. Taking heeds to what? Doctrines of? And you think it's God. Oh, it's love. No, it's not love. You're setting people to hell. You know, greater judgment on who teaches the wrong thing. Greater judgment. Double judgment to those who teach. I ain't teaching you false doctrine. I've taught some things that are wrong. When I say wrong, something that I've misunderstood, never to send you to hell, and I've repented of it, and I've come and addressed it, but I'll never teach you false doctrine to get something from you or do something. I will always teach you the truth, because only the truth will set you free. I'm more scared of God going to hell than scared of you, what you go to. That's the truth. And I always looked at it from a false doctrine point of view, is when I go up to a brother, you know what, it's not, it's not your will to be healed. 4,000 people pray for you, but it's not your will to be healed. And the Holy Spirit say, that's false doctrine. It's not up to me to get him healed, but I'll never say to you, there's no more hope. If I take a hope, the Bible says, hope deferred makes a heart go sick. No, no, the gospel says, every, remember I said this last week? Show me one person in the Bible that came to Jesus. Jesus said, no, I can't do that for you. He never rejected anyone. Whatever happens to the manifestations, it's not up to me. But I'm believing that God will move in that light. Amen? I want my faith to overcome your unbelief. But I want to encourage you now, in closing of this scripture. Is it hot or is it just me? (laughs) 
I just that's my introduction, guys. So <laughs> cancel the booking at Bellagio. <laughs> Matthew twenty-eight, and I'll close with this. I promise. I'll close it. I know. I know. New people going in. Who brought me to this place? This place doesn't shut up. I, I, I pray. I pray you're getting this. You don't want to be sitting there. Understanding that Christ, the love of your soul, is not first place in your life. If you have a look at Revelations, all the rebukes of the church, it all has to do with probably one thing, the intimacy with Jesus. In a nutshell, it was about Jesus. They were doing stuff for Jesus, they were talking about Jesus, they were serving Jesus, but no one was spending time with Jesus. The church was never a place. You are the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says God does not dwell in man-made temples made by hands, acts. He dwells in the hearts of men. But when we come together as a body, he's here. He's in our midst. We're the church. And this is what Jesus says. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. Can everyone stand up? I want to close on this. Come on. Stand up. You're going to get ordained right now. Whether you ask for it or not. Jonah got ordained and he didn't want to and he ran. He said, I've got free will and he ran. Then free will, he came and got him and spat him out. You got no free will, but you're just going to do what God tells you to do. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I love this one. Teaching them what? There was no book of Romans. There was no Corinthians. There was no Philippians. There was no Revelation. There was no book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. You know. Wow. Sorry, Lord. I missed the scripture. There was none of that. There was no New Testament. Are we in agreement? There was Old Testament which Paul preached out of, which love him. Is that me? Why, what happened? Matthew, Matthew, John, James, Bartholomew, Bartholomew, Nathaniel, Judas, not Iscariot. All the disciples, he says, go and teach them what I have taught you. In other words, go into all the world and preach the good news. Jesus preached good news. He told you truth. If you don't believe in this, you're lost. Jesus never shied away from truth. Here he says, teach them all things that they may observe. They may do everything I have commanded you. I'm going to ask you a question. This is the rule of thumb. This is the, 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 the compass of, this is the, the standard you judge a church by. Are they preaching what Jesus preached? Are they teaching what Jesus taught? 
is the Holy Spirit in that church teaching the things of the Spirit by the Spirit, through the Spirit, about the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not speak of Himself. He only speaks of what He hears from the Father and from the Son through the throne. If it doesn't line up with the Word, run, get out, because it's not the Gospel. Jesus says, go into all and preach what everything I have taught you. It has to line up with His Word. And then you'll be free. That's when the scripture says, who the sun sets free. It's free indeed. Come on. And I'm going to close with a prayer. So we can understand what the Father's trying to do on this earth. Because like I said to you earlier, I said this a couple of days ago, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no woman, no church can come to the Father except through him. This is what Jesus said. Change that if you can. And I don't understand he arrogant thinking I know it all because I don't. What I do know is I know enough to know I drink from a well that never runs dry. I drink from His Spirit. You know, we want to be entertained. We want to be comforted. We want to be helped. We want to do all those things. But we never want to be challenged. God's challenging us us now. Because we've come from a stage now that we've had all the nice and fluffy. But it's time for a war. I'm not saying a physical war. I'm talking about a spiritual war. That stand up for truth. Are you willing to stand up for truth if it costs you your life? If it costs you everything you have, are you willing to stand up for that? You know, I got asked that question 10 years ago. I said, yeah. But what I really meant is, I don't know. Let's be honest. But the more I grow in Him, the more I die, the more He lives in me. And the more He lives in me, then I can answer that question. I'm willing to lose it all for Him. Why? Because truth will set me free. I want to know the truth. Please don't lie to me. Don't take truth away from me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And He will guide you into all truth. Got asked to talk to someone once and got into a bit of an argument. It was more about debating and my book, your book, his book, that book. And I just backed off a bit, slightly backed off a bit. And my mate goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'd rather win him to the Lord than win an argument. So I could have won that argument in two seconds but do I want to win an argument or do I want to win a soul see I can win an argument based on what I know but I want to win a soul and when how you win a soul preach the gospel so I kept going back to the gospel he'd go one way I'll go back to the gospel kept one way I'll come back to the gospel then the Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge I said how's your father how do you know my father I said I don't but the Lord just told me to ask you broke down started crying all the argument we were doing for an hour was a waste of time when the Holy Spirit gave me a word for him. Broke down the barrier and God touched his life. That's the gospel. When you let the Holy Spirit reign. Not my words. How many times have I said, oh, I wish that guy was here. Well, that message was for them. Well, if God wanted them to hear it, they would have been there. Maybe the message was for you. Live the message. Let people get attracted to your light. 
go and glorify your Father in heaven by what you do. He'll give you and exalt you in due course. See, our Father, our Father, as a family, we inherit His kingdom because of the Son. The Son loves you. It doesn't matter how far you are from God, right? I don't know where you're at. and I don't understand what you're going through. I don't know how, how you've been hurt. I don't know if you... Whatever it is, don't run away from the Father. Run to the Father. The greatest thing the uh, prodigal son did was say, let me go back to the Father. But he wanted to go back as a slave, as a servant. He goes, you cannot be a servant. You're my son. You know, we are sons and daughters of the Most High. And I pray, I, honestly, out of all this, I pray that you when, you, when you read the Our Father, you place yourself in the family, that you're part of His life, part of His kingdom. See, when Christ went to the cross, He was thinking about you. <laughs> he wasn't trying to think of to fulfill a religious law, which He did. He wasn't coming to fulfill prophecy, which He did. He didn't come just to, 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 to prove people wrong, which He did. He came because of you and me. For the joy, the Bible says, oh man, for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. For the joy? What joy is it to get scourged by a cat and nine tail to the point where your body was blood clotting and there's no more skin on you, that you were disfigured unto human recognition, that when they looked at you, the Bible says they turned their face, you were so disgusting in our sight that we could see this man mutilated on a cross. What joy is in that? What joy is it is to hang naked in a tree. The Son of God that created the heaven and earth is hanging naked on a tree. Where's the joy in that? Where's the joy in putting nails in his hands and his feet? And the Bible says, whoever cursed anyone who hangs on a tree, speaking of a timber, yet you became a curse that we could become blessed. Where's the joy in that? Where's the joy is when your friends ran away from you and the people you love turned their back on you. Where's the joy in that? See, there was no joy in any of that. But you know where the joy was? That when he would step out of the grave, hallelujah, and step on back onto this earth and go back to every single one of them and go back to every single one of them, go back to every single one of them, go back to every and say, I've come back to get you. I've come back to get you. I've come back to get you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter you denied me. I'll come back to get you. Doesn't matter if you sin. I'll come back to get you. I'll come back to get you. I'll come back to get you. I come Don't go. I'll, I'll never leave one. I haven't lost one. The, the Father's. Even Judas had a chance. He loved him to the end. And he rose from the dead. Guess what? The kingdom of darkness was broken. And then he started to say, Come, Dorian. Come, John. Come, John. Come, Janet. Come, 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 Julie. Come, come. Why? He opened the heavens. And now your DNA is no longer Adam's DNA. Now it's the Son of God's DNA. I'm a new creation species in Christ no longer that I live but Christ lives in me and now come on now the life I live is in the faith in the Son of God who died for me and ransomed me there. so you still bound you still think you're not loved you still think God doesn't understand you no no he does for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross because now the Bible says, the whole of heaven, whole of heaven. You want to move heaven? When one sinner comes to repentance. 
when one sinner bows his knees before the Lord and says, Lord, I'm a sinner, please save me. And the whole of heaven erupts. Why? Nothing moves the heart of God when his children come home. I don't care. You can raise the dead. doesn't move his heart because he did it. I don't care if you heal the sick. doesn't move his heart. I don't care if you preach the... You know when it moves his heart? When his children come home. The day I came to the Lord, heaven rejoiced. Who's had a family member that lost and they came home? How, what a party you throw. When I understood that he was waiting. You know the, the one that gets me the most? The father of the prodigal son. He's disrespected him. He's dishonored him. He's taken his inheritance and blood. And everyone knew what he was doing. The older son said, why, why are you throwing a party for this scumbag? He blew all your inheritance on prostitutes and, and, and alcohol. And you throw a party for him? You don't even give me a goat with my friends, but you throw a party for him? So they knew where he was. They knew what he was doing. Look what the father says. Son, this is right that we do this. Because he was lost. And now he's found. The Bible says, the father says he was dead. But now he's alive. But then he goes to the older son. Look what he says to the older son. He says, everything I have is yours. But the older son didn't know it. Because he was trying to earn his love with the father. He was with the father. You remember he said, I work day and night. I don't break any of your laws. And you don't give me a goat to share with my mates. But when this son of yours, you know what he was saying? I'm trying to earn my keep with you. He goes, everything I have is your son. In other words, he was in the father's house, but he didn't know the father. You can go to church every Sunday and not know the father. You could do religious things every Sunday and not know the father. He goes, everything I have is yours. You know what breaks my heart? This is, and I'm t- this is really dear to me. You go read the first part of that prodigal son story. And the son goes, give me my share of the inheritance, the younger son. And it says, the father divided it between the two or to the brothers. You know, the older son got his inheritance without even asking for it. He says he divided it. In other words, the son was trying to prove his love for the father. He was trying to earn the love for the father, trying to please the love for the father. Guess what? He didn't know he had the love of the Father. That's religion. That's the Pharisee. But the, uh, the younger son knew enough to know, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm going to go back. You know, he was already forgiven before he even got there. He got there. His father said, stop, 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 stop. Get a rope. Put a rope on him. Get a ring. Put a ring on his finger. Put some sandals on his feet and go kill the fatted calf. The robe represents your righteousness. We are dressed in the robe of righteousness. The ring represents covenant. You can never break that covenant. No matter how much you deny me, I won't deny you. Puts the ring on his finger. Only sons wore sandals in those days. Slaves didn't have sandals. You're not a servant. You're a son. Put sandals on his feet. But this is the most beautiful thing. Because you did sin. So I'm going to kill the fatted calf. I'm going to shed blood. And that shedding of the blood, guess what is symbolic of? The cross of Jesus. And guess what they did after they shed blood? They had a feast. What are we going to do now? We're going to have a banquet at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to. It's a done deal. 
Know that you're forgiven. Know that you're a son. Know that you're a daughter. And everything else will lead you to the Father. So the question is, if you don't know Him like that, today is the day of your salvation. I can't guarantee you get hit by a bus tomorrow. I shared the gospel once with these people. And the Lord says, share the cross. They came to our Bible studies. I said, Lord, I shared this message last week. You share it again. I shared it. The girl came up, gave her life to Jesus. Wow, praise God, we did something here. Yeah? Two weeks later, she died in a car crash. Thank God I was obedient to the, to the Holy Spirit. I don't know where she would have ended up. But I do know that I was obedient. And today is the day of your salvation. And for those who are playing games, stop playing games. For those who are wandering around the mountain, stop going around the mountain and come and sit at the Father's table to eat freely from the table of grace. Your Father loves you. He's waiting for you. The prodigal son story finishes off by having a banquet. But guess what the Father was doing all that time? He was looking out the window. The Bible says the Father saw him from afar. And you know what the Father did? Ran to him. It's unlawful for an older man in that culture to run. He lifted up his robe and he ran. Instead of disowning him like the Jews would have, they would have ripped their cloak. They would have ripped their cloak and says, he's no longer my son. They would, some of them would have even had a funeral to dishonor, to because to, to, he was disgraced the family. What does the prodigal son, the father do? Lifts his robe. Doesn't care about ridicule. Doesn't care about his servants. Doesn't care about the neighbors. And he runs to his son to bring him home. That's what Jesus did. He came and ran from heaven to come and get us to bring us home. This is the gospel we preach, amen? This is the gospel we live by. It's not about religion. You want religion? There's 20 churches down the road. I'm all about relationship with the Father. Amen? If you don't know the Father, you ain't going there. But the only way to get there is through the Son. And no one is going to fix you up is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Father, I thank you tonight. I love you, Jesus. Lord, let the love of the Father fall upon every person here tonight. Let them know that you are their Father, that you have delivered them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear Son. That they are washed by the blood of Jesus and their sins are forgiven. Thank you, Father, for Jesus on the cross. He said, it is finished. Satan, you have no grounds over any person here tonight. You are defeated. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we don't love our life unto death. We declare that Jesus is Lord. I declare in everyone's spirit that would rise up and receive what the love of the Father has for them. That their soul is being overfilled with the love of the Father right now. I thank you, Lord, that you have not left us, nor you will ever forsake us. And today is the day of our salvation. Amen. We can declare and we give thanks to the Father that we are set free and redeemed. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives. And as that song said, come, Lord Jesus, come. You are coming back. You're coming back for your bride, for your family. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name.
If you agree with me, say amen. Amen. Give him a clap.